See, what you believe determines how you live. It says two things you never argue about, religion and politics. Religion is what you believe. Politics is how you live. So it affects your whole life. Is it important what you believe? Because it affects how you live and what you deem to be important and the opportunities God gives to you and you don't even know it because you don't believe right. If you believe right, you'd be surprised how many opportunities you'll see and how many opportunities you'll take advantage of. Otherwise, they just go by. I never have any opportunities. It's because you don't believe right. You're not looking. And it makes a difference. It really does. In verse 18, look what he says. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because God has not chosen him. And he couldn't be saved if he wanted to be. He's not one of the elect. See, it doesn't say all of that. Look what God says. You see there in verse 17 where he says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, 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 through Him could be saved. The world could be saved. If the world would believe. But he says in verse 18, Because He hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, God expects everyone to believe this wonderful message. But does everyone? No. Look at number five. Number five. Are we commanded to witness to every person or just those that the Holy Spirit leads to us or leads us to? Now, stop and think for a moment. I don't want to do this in the energy of the flesh. Oh, I assure you, your flesh doesn't want to witness. But we do live in a body. I am living in this flesh, as Paul says. And I have a decision to make. He said, I... I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain here in the flesh, in the body, is more needful for you. I'm here for a reason. And Paul's reason was that he preached the gospel. You know, if he would just study the Bible and get deeper in the Word, he wouldn't have been talking to so many people and he wouldn't have lost his head. But that was the purpose, was to preach the gospel. You'd be surprised how you will be accused. You're not very deep. You don't know very much if all you do is just talk about the gospel, the gospel. God. Why do we talk about the gospel so much? wonder why. Because we want people to hear the gospel. Because that's what God says to do. To preach the gospel. Go and all preach the gospel. Now, this question. Some people believe that I witness to those God leads me to. And others believe that they'll witness and God gets a hold of them and brings them to me. So uh, I don't do this thing in the flesh. I witness to those God leads me to. Or I witness to those who God leads to me. And how do you know when he's leading them to you? Because they'll come up to you and ask you, would you please tell me how to go to heaven? Please, please, oh, please tell me how to go to heaven. How long has it been since they've done that? And then, well, I'm going to witness to those that the Holy Spirit leads me to. Did you know if you're not looking, you don't see? You'd be surprised how many people you could witness to and don't. Because, well, Lord, if you're still standing over there for the next 30 minutes, I'll witness to you. I know it's your will. So you throw out some fleeces. It's a shame. Next question. Because when you get right down to it, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to what? Every creature, every, every person, because Christ died for every person, and we're to believe that. 
Look down at number six. Do you believe that every person at some time in his life has wanted to know the truth? Ooh. Every person at some time in their life wanted to know the truth. Well, I wrote down a couple of verses, and I want you to look at them. Look in John chapter 1. Just turn back to your left a couple of pages. John chapter 1, and notice what it says in verse 7. John chapter 1, verse 7. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. Get this, that all men through him might believe. So is it God's will for all men to believe? Yes, that's what it says. God wants every person saved. That means that when some people say that he has elected a few people, that's heresy. That is not true. God so loved the world, paid for the sins of everybody, and yet you'll have guys teaching their, their trash, and that's exactly what it is. It's trash. It's not Bible. And saying that God has chosen just a, a few people out of the many and then still call it all by grace. Well, if it's done because it wants to have by grace and God wants some trophies of grace, wouldn't it be still grace if he just chose all of them? Why couldn't he have just chose everybody then? Well, the only one that can be saved is the one God gave faith to. Well, why didn't he just give it to all of them? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. Not because of some special gift that God gave to you and override your will. No, that is not true. But anyways, you see this verse here in verse 9. That was the true light which lighteth. Now, underline these two words. I didn't put it in the Bible. Every man that cometh into the world. So there is truth already embedded into every person that comes into this world. Isn't that awesome? You stop and think about it. There's a certain amount of truth. Now, you want to find out what it is. Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 1 real quick. The book of Romans, chapter 1. And look at verse 19. Verse 19 of Romans chapter 1. And this is what he says. Because that which may be known of God, just for people to be born into this world, remember, you know there is a God. You know you're going to be judged. You know you need to be right. But there's so much you don't know. But there is a lot that you do know. So God said, God said, the world that he made reveals there's a higher power than you. Because you know the world is here and you didn't make it. And the world is here and you know I didn't do it. But you know somebody did. To be an atheist, you have to teach yourself to be an atheist. You're not born as an atheist. Like this atheist says, I don't believe there's a God. And God says, I don't believe an atheist. And God is telling the truth. Look what he says in verse 19. In verse 20 he says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in God, so that you know there's a God and he has great power. And it says they are without excuse. So there's things that you already know. But if you rebel against light, rebel against light means to rebel against truth then there may be some other truth you're not going to get. I use the illustration, if I, I was crossing this river right here, and there's a stone there, and a stone there, and a stone there, and a stone there, well, I could just walk to this stone, and then get to that stone, and get to that stone, and I can get across the river. Well, those are truths that gets me where I'm going. 
And if I will accept this truth and believe it, and believe that truth, and believe that truth, truth will lead to truth. Light will lead to more light. And there's people who reject truth, and they walk in darkness. And they do not see the light. They don't get additional truth. And these things are so important to understand. Now, look at number seven. Look at number seven. Number seven, is God responsible to get the message to those who want to know the truth? And how many does he want to know the truth? And did he tell people to go into all the world and tell them the truth? Did he do that? Can people be disobedient and not do it? Yes, he can. Let's take, for example, Peter was talking about that meeting they went to Friday night. And say there were 15 that trust the Lord. Well, they would have been saved anyway. How do you know? Who was going to tell them? Did you realize that in my 72 years of life, I've only had one person witness to me in 72 years? What if that man had missed me? Go well, out, somebody else would have got you. Chapter and verse. Find the chapter and verse. So I want you to take your Bible and turn to chapter 17 in the book of Acts. I want to show you a, a scripture there that I think is important. Is God responsible to get the message to those who want to know the truth? Understand this. There is a responsibility that God had. And because God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son. So God sent His Son. So the Son had a responsibility. And the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and to give us the power to witness, so the Holy Spirit has a responsibility. We have been commanded by God and put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which try the heart. We have a responsibility, and the lost man has a responsibility. So there's a lot of responsibility, a lot of shared responsibility. I just want to make sure that I do my responsibility. I'm not responsible for doing God's or the sons, or the spirits, or the lost men. I'm responsible to do my part of this responsibility. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Now here in the book of Acts in chapter 17, Paul is talking to them on Mars Hill, and he says, I've got to tell you about the unknown God. See, they already knew there's God. They just don't know who God is. And he talked to them about how God made everything. And he makes that statement in verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, saying he giveth to all life and breath and all things. God made it and God gave it life. And your breath came from God. Your life came from God. God says that. But that doesn't mean you know God. And then he makes this statement in verse 27, that they should seek the Lord. God has given to every person that comes into this world a certain amount of light and understanding. Now, people that have mental problems and so forth that can't believe, I don't think you've got to worry about them. God said, he that believeth not because he was able to believe. So there's an age of accountability. But he says this in verse 27, that they should seek the Lord, 
That means follow the light you have. Follow the truth that you do know. And if haply they might feel after him or desire him. And look at the next words. Find him. I believe that everybody in the world could find him. But some people are so blind. Don't have a desire. But I want to take and create that desire within them. Like hanging a big old porterhouse steak in front of a Rottweiler. Wouldn't you like to have that? I'm going to take your hand and all your arm. But you can create a desire. Help people to become thirsty. We're the salt. We want to make people thirsty for something. We're the light of the world. We want to help them see something that they didn't know even existed. They didn't know you could know God. I was so hungry and thirsty for God when I was 17 years old. Well, I should say before that, but when I was 18 years old, my father-in-law sat me down one day on a couch, explained the gospel to me, and I trusted Christ as my Savior. But here he says, though he be not far from every one of us. It means God has given to every person a certain amount of light. And if you will follow that light, God says in his word, you can find the truth. But there's a lot of people. And isn't it strange when you study the book of Acts especially, you have a man like Philip in a great revival, and there's a guy that's reading the book of Isaiah about 100 miles away in a desert, in his chariot. And the Lord says, join yourself to him. So he goes down, and the Bible talks about him running. And how in the world? He didn't have GPS. And he's able to come across at the right time, in the right place, of a man reading the book of Isaiah, the Ethiopian eunuch. And lo and behold, he says, what are you reading? He says, I don't know, is this talking about who? He says, talking about Jesus. He explained it to him, and the man believes on the Lord. A man was following truth. And God can take a man who knows truth and have their paths cross. And you'd be surprised how many times God has done that in the lives of a lot of people, even you. And then when you got there, you didn't share it. You didn't tell them. When I stand before God, I believe this is one of the things going to hurt me more than ever, is that I did not take advantage of all the opportunities that I've had. I thank the Lord for the ones I did. What about all the ones I missed? Because I was either too busy and not aware of it, not thinking about it, or something else. And we're only going to live once. No reruns. One trip through life. And you think about all these things, how God can bring things together. And you're supposed to believe that God is going to use you in a, a great way. I believe it happens. The next thing I want you to see there, number eight. Number eight, do you believe that every person in hell has heard the gospel at least once? Boy, that's a tough one. If faith was the gift, persuasion would be automatic. But it didn't happen with King Agrippa. And look what he says in Luke 16. I want you to see that. Luke chapter 16. There's a man that was a rich man, died and went to hell. And there was a Lazarus, a poor man, that uh, he died and went to paradise. There's a great gulf between them. 
He asked Abraham, Abraham, uh, send Lazarus over here so he can dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And he told him, says, you can't come here and he can't go there. It's done. It's done. He said, well, I got five brothers, and I want somebody to go and talk to them lest they come to this place of torment. And all that Abraham had to say was, don't worry about it. They weren't chosen anyway. He didn't tell them that. It all boiled down to one thing. He says in verse 28, I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophet. Let them do what? Hear them. So faith cometh by hearing. So there was something they were supposed to hear. And then down in verse 31, And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses, if, there's the reason that a man doesn't get saved. If they won't listen. Not because they weren't chosen. Calvinism is not true. It's a deadening teaching. Because if I believed God has already predetermined who's going to heaven and predetermined who's going to hell. Why should I get uptight about witnessing at all? Now, people may not say that, but they may live like it because they think in their mind, it won't matter. I'm not that important. What about your family? Have you talked to your family and made sure they've trusted Christ as Savior? What about your relatives? Family's supposed to be important to us. Have you ever witnessed to them? Asked them the question, Mom, do you really know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? Have you accepted Jesus Christ and Him alone as your only hope of going to heaven? He said, well, I can't talk to him about stuff like that. I've had people get all flustered. Well, I, I just can't talk about stuff like that. You hypocrite. You can talk about football and what's on the weather. You can talk about the weather. You can talk about wedding. You can talk about everything. But you can't talk to him about the most important thing in all the world. The good news of how you can know you're going to heaven when you die. And people can't do that. I can't do that. The devil told you that. You can. It's that you won't do it. You can do it. I said, well, I can't do it. Yes, you can. It's disobedience. Disobedience. And one day we'll have to give an account to God for what we've done. Let me ask you a question. This is a little embarrassing, I know. But that's okay. I'm used to embarrassing people. How many of you... I've become a better soul winner since you met me. Let me see here. A lot of hands. Well, it's because I got the gift. And now, maybe you got the gift. This guy in California, he got it like that. Peter went the other night and he got some too. I don't care if you got a gift or don't have a gift. I just know we're all supposed to do the work of an evangelist. We can all explain the gospel to somebody you may not do it like somebody else. You may not do it exactly like him. But there ought to be a way that we ought to be able to make the gospel clear. It is so important. But he says down here in verse 31, Neither will they be persuaded. Neither will they be persuaded. See, it's possible to persuade if you can get a person to listen. Persuade. That's what soul winning. Persuading a person to trust Christ as their Savior. That's why we sing that song. Almost persuaded. Anybody ever heard that song before? Almost persuaded. We want you to be totally persuaded because you can believe. And if you'll believe it, great things. Number nine, do you believe that people will go to hell because you failed to witness to them? I wrote this down on my notes. 
I would have to know that they would have believed if I had. Then I could answer that question. I don't know if they went to hell because I didn't witness to them, but it could be because somebody else didn't witness to them too. You see, it's not just my own personal responsibility. It's all of our responsibility. That's what God gave to the church. This is why we want to have a radio ministry. Not just because, well, I wonder if there's something else we can do. That's why we want ranch. That's why we want the Friday night soul winning and the, the, and our youth. That's why we have ministry so that we can have a possibility of reaching some more people. They're just fishing holes. Like, go fishing. We just want to keep going fishing. We'll catch some fish. But you can't catch fish in your bathtub in the house. Why? No fish there. Usually go out there where some fish are. So we want to kind of catch some fish. It's so important. I also wrote down something else. Only God knows if they would have believed if I had witnessed. I don't know that. I do know this. I believe that there will be people in heaven because I did witness. I don't know if anybody's going to be in hell because I didn't witness. But I know there's going to be people in heaven because I did. But there may be people that could have been reached. And maybe somebody else failed to reach them. Somebody else because, see, it's a it's all of our responsibility. And sometimes you talk to somebody and they're hard. And then you've sowed some seed, but then next thing you know, somebody else comes along and they picked that fruit because it was so ripe, but because you sowed seed before. There's times when I reap some fruit that I believe somebody else had already been working with and sowing some seed. Somebody else comes along and they kind of water a little bit, and then I come along and it just drops in your hand. Some people are just so easy. And there's some people, they're hard nuts to crack. And that's the way it is. Number 10, do you believe that those in hell would not have been saved even if they heard the gospel? Jude 22 and 23 makes this statement. I'll just share it with you. It says, pulling them out of the fire, making a difference. I want to make a difference. So God does use us. And it is real. And believe it or not, where a man spends eternity is the most important decision he'll ever make. So if that's the most important decision he'll ever make, the most important thing you and I could ever do is to help him make that decision. Try to persuade him. Talk to him about the Lord. See, coming to church is where we're supposed to get strong. To read the Word, to encourage one another, pray for one another, so that when we go out and we see people and reach people, we can talk to them about the Lord. And then when you can, you say, well, I have trouble with and then you invite them to come to the church. You know that every week, every service, I'm going to give the gospel. Don't you know that? You know that. And I'll try to do it in a way that doesn't hurt or offend them. I always try to be nice. Like today. I always try to be nice and kind, sweet, loving, compassionate. I don't know if I'll cover the last part of these down through here because I'm also looking at the clock. Would you mock the man as shallow who seeks to obey God? Be careful. Don't make fun of people because they're so sold on the gospel and sometimes that might be all they think about. They just don't want people to go to hell. I thought like that 50-something years ago and I don't want to change. I don't want somebody dulling me down. I want to stay charged. Peter was talking about on fire, on fire, on fire, maintaining fire. This will do it. 
Keep thinking about this, and you'd be surprised what it'll do for you in life. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. Now, this is so important. Learn how to do this. This is what I showed the guy out in California. And I was only with him for a couple days, and now he's already got two, and he's excited. This is you and me. This wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God says he loves us. He loves us. He hates what we do wrong, but he, he hates our sins, so, but he loves the whole world. But the whole world has sinned, and the whole world is guilty, and so the whole world has to die. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be perfect as righteous as God. So what God did for us was for the whole world, everybody. So he says you can't earn eternal life. You can't work your way to heaven. So the Bible says you need a Savior. Jesus Christ, this hand representing Christ, he had no sin. We do. He came into the world and he lived a perfect life. He didn't have to die. So Jesus Christ took all the sin, paid for it on the cross and came back from the dead. Said that if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what Christ did for us. It's a gift. It's totally free. Don't try to get people to stop doing their bad sins and so forth. Christ paid for that. That's not the issue. He's well, I want them to live right. That's not the issue. The issue is they're going to go to hell if they die. How they live has nothing to do with it. Doesn't affect their eternity. Don't try to get them to promise how they're going to live. They're sinners. Sinners sin. Don't give them an impossibility. Just let them know, look, God loves you. To prove it, He paid for all of your sins. And if you'll believe that He did it for you, He'll give you as a free gift, everlasting life. And you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. Now, as a child of God, once you have trusted the Lord, yes, there's a lot of things God wants me to do. And He may want me to clean up my life because I'm His child. And He may want me to serve Him in a good way because He wants to bless my life here and reward me when I get to heaven. But see, that's all after you get saved. To turn from sin takes power steering. They don't have the power. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning... And if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you do it right now? Just talk to the Lord and say something simple like this. Lord, I don't understand it all. I know I'm a sinner. But I believe that when Christ died, He died for me. And I'm going to trust Him and Him alone is my only hope of going to heaven. And friend, God said if you'll believe that, He'll save you. He'll give you eternal life. I pray that you will. And if you're watching by internet, there's a statement right on the screen that says, Yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you'll do that. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, is anyone at all say, yes, that made sense to me, and I want to trust Christ as my Savior right now. And preach, I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip in very quickly and put it right back down? Is anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you have already trusted Christ, you're His child. As a child of God, God says, look, I loved you. That's why I did what I did. Now He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Then do this for me. Tell people about him because he loves you. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity you've given us to share your word and your vision because it is yours. Bless our church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.